0: To that geek pod and we're back for 2020 and what also back for 2020 is the doctor and when we're talking to the doctor there's one person I've got to get on and that's Charlie Ashby. How are you going Charlie?
1: Hey thank you for having me on. Happy new year.
0: Happy new year to you. Um, So yeah you and I were very excited about the doctor coming back. We'd been DMing each other a little bit. And so I thought I've got to get Charlie on to talk Doctor Who when she comes back for her New Year's Eve or New Year's Day special, I should say, instead mm-hmm. of Christmas. Do we know why they did it New Year's this year instead of Christmas or just one I of don't, those things?
1: Honestly, I don't know. I feel like uh, because obviously um, so the, the Christmas spot is a massive spot in like – over here and so you really want the christmas spot if you want to have like a i mean the fact that doctor had it in the first place was always a like a a special thing and i feel like they would try to work really hard to keep it and stephen moffat specifically tried really hard to keep that spot so that he wouldn't lose it so much so that uh, the last episode of series 10 which was when uh peter Cordy was supposed to regenerate uh, was supposed to be their last episode, and Chris Chibnall didn't want to start on a Christmas special. So, yeah. Stephen Moffat decided, to, like, he, okay, I'll wait one more episode, and that's where okay. Twice Upon a Time came in. Well, that's
0: um, a great episode.
1: Yeah, it was an interesting one. and I, I, I like how it sort of tied up some loose ends for the whole mm. sort of, of Moffat and pre-Moffat Who Um And that was interesting because obviously he did that. Like, he stayed on extra to keep that spot. And then once he did, they didn't want it in either way. So they went to New Year's Day, um, which I think worked well last year. I don't know about this year. I think it was an interesting decision to have. It was nice to have, like, who back so early anyway. So I'm not really complaining. But I feel like maybe next year they need to go back to that Christmas spot because it's such a... Great place to be.
0: Yeah, it's a special spot. Um now as an Australian I know all about the Christmas specials. Um I watched the Gavin and Stacy Christmas special this year.
1: <laughs> all good, yeah. <laughs> that was a good yeah. one. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, but on to Doctor Who and Spyfall part one of two. Now We're going to go full spoiler. So if you haven't seen it, stop, go watch it, squeal, and then come back.
1: (laughs) If you haven't watched it, how dare you, first of all?
0: Oh, oh, like it's so good. I had a friend who's currently in Western Australia message me, you know, at some ungodly hour going, oh, my God. It's so good, and I think I've converted (laughs) my daughter. Oh, wow. I had to explain to her why I I was screaming at the end. So (sighs) I watched this yesterday morning. I I got up, I put on the ABC iview because that has it pretty much as soon as it gets released there in the UK. Mm -hmm. And then... I messaged you right afterwards going, "Oh my god." Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. I was uh, Oh and I think I walked around the house about 5 times because I couldn't quite contain myself. So, huge reveal. Huge. We're talking the master.
1: Yeah. It was one of those those moments where I was watching the episode and as soon as uh, Sasha, who is the actor that plays him, uh, appeared, I was like, okay, he's the bad guy. Like, come on, he's too nice, he's supposed to be friendly. And at at the beginning of the the episode, um, Stephen Fry's character says, I don't trust anyone. So I was like, okay, so we can't trust this guy. Um, I just assumed he'd be like a generic bad guy working with the aliens. And it will be like, oh, what a twist. Like, I was expecting the aliens themselves to be more of a twist, and they still might be, but I was focusing so much on them and just accepting that this guy's probably bad anyway, that by the time the twist came and he was talking and, like, the mannerisms were, like, sweeping in, my mum was like, oh, that's the master, and I was like, no, it's not. Like, they wouldn't do it that, that early. And then he said... Spy Master, and I was like, "Oh my god!" I was like, "They did it. Okay, cool. I like, yeah, that's great."
0: Yeah, and just this turn, and yeah, the mask. I I wouldn't have expected it first episode of a season, and mm. yeah, I think I think you're right. Maybe I was expecting some heel turn, or at least a cowardly ooh, no, I'll give in to the aliens. I was not expecting the master.
1: No, because I was really confused. Like, there was one thing that really confused me about the episode, and it wasn't until after I saw it on Twitter, and I felt like such an idiot afterwards for not realising it. It's the house. I was like, okay, I don't really get the the relevance of the house. And then someone was like, well, clearly it's his TARDIS. And I was like, oh, come on. Like, it just, I was like, of course it is. Like, so all that time they were inside the TARDIS, all those monitors he had. Clearly, you know, connected to the TARDIS. Oh, Um, my
0: God, yes.
1: (laughs) I feel like such an idiot. (laughs) It's just one of those cool little things. And it's so the way they did it is so clever. There's so many, like, little hints throughout the episode. To the the thing he sends the doctor, which, by the way, I think it's hilarious that technically the doctor and him have been WhatsApping without (laughs) knowing.
0: Of course they have.
1: And the thing he sent her was a fish. And someone said it's a lionfish. Which basically is a catfish, which is just brilliant. Like,
0: oh my god!
1: But the thing that I spotted the most, which I thought was really cool, because the costume she's wearing is um like the classic undercover doctor where they wear the tuxedo, and the yeah. bow tie was cool. But mostly the thing that made me like happy was the the red lining underneath the coat, which um you know just reminded me of the third doctor. And then yeah. once the master came out, I was like okay, of course that's why they put that in there. Um, and it definitely a lot of um series eleven as well felt a lot like classic Who to me, where there's these like stories mm-hmm. that aren't connected, but you get you learn something like it might be a history lesson, it might be just a morality lesson, and also or it's just a weird sci-fi blend. And- yeah,
0: you're right. S- season eleven was definitely that sort of throwback to the more standalone this is what you're going to learn this week. What you got yeah. in the first couple of doctors at least.
1: And I think that what series 12 has done is that they've kept that spirit, but the only problem I had with it in series 11 is that I feel like there should have been an overarching plot, like in like mm-hmm. like how we know who nowadays, like with the Rusty Davis method. But what they did with this is that they've also, they've kept that, so they've brought that back, which is interesting with the whole, um, you're not who you think you are, sort of thing, but also with the um the cliffhanger and the two parts, I feel like Doctor Who needs some. It needs those two parts. It, it, like it, there are there are some stories that need time to breathe, and so bringing back if they brought back the Master in just one off episode, it would have been weird. But the fact that it's a two part and the, the cliffhanger was just perfect.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree with you that the two parters, I think, does Doctor Who you know, a greater service than just the one-hour episodes Mm. because going back and watching Old Who where they had three, four episodes, sometimes more, with one story really gave you a chance to meet and understand all the characters involved and for them to really delve deep.
1: But, Mm.
0: But, yeah, having the master in a part one, but the start of a season, is the master going to be the undercurrent this whole season?
1: Yeah, and it, it it does what Doctor Who does best, which is where it brings up questions. And I like Star Wars where you have to wait like for films or, or like a different book or whatever. And I don't think they do it. Doctor Who is different because the canon and everything is just so diluted that it doesn't really matter. But at the same time, it's just mm-hmm. fun to explore. The fact that we get to like ask ourselves questions like, Who is this master? Like, which incarnation is it? Like, is it after Missy? Is it before Missy? Um, I think the idea, like, last night was people were suggesting that maybe it was between Sim and Gomez, but based on some of the stuff that uh, BBC Doctor Who Twitter account has posted, which is a really cool um, behind-the-scenes video, it seems like it is after Missy, which I find more intriguing. Mm
0: -hmm. Like, of course, she,
1: she wasn't going to be dead forever. It's the master. No.
0: Yes, the master's always going to come back. I mean, he because turned into the master's cool.
1: Yeah, he turned into a he turned into a CGI a bad CGI snake and invested Eric Roberts. Once you do that, you can never go back. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that telly movie. Um, but. Yeah, you can't kill the master. The master will always be there in some form, and I think Sims' master really, really hinted at that. How he just existed in whatever form, and even at the end, there were hints that of his run, hints that the master would continue, but they never really picked up on that thread. But yeah, I, don't I know think that you. But- yeah, yeah sorry I'll I scream yeah sorry I'm just so overwhelmed with the master
1: <laughs> it's so I was cool just it's screaming
0: so cool.
1: I I couldn't breathe like 10 minutes after the episode so I was like oh my god and I was just so happy to see everyone enjoyed the episode a lot of people love the episode a lot of people who are classic fans really love the episode which I was really happy to see um mm-hmm. But yeah, I was thinking about some of the things because people were debating about the whole Missy thing because obviously she went for that redemptive arc. But it reminded me a lot of... Because obviously in the in the Book 2 universe, they've already suggested that once incarnations meet, you will forget it because it's the way how, like, you can't have two incarnations meet and remember that meeting unless, like, you meet again and then you remember it automatically. But, like, for example, like... um In the day of the Doctor, when they all finish, once they go away, they all forget that meeting of them coming together until they meet again. So for John Hurt's Doctor, once he goes into his TARDIS, he forgets the fact that he actually saved Gallifrey, and so the whole Ninth Doctor thinks he's destroyed Gallifrey. So if Missy killed the Master and Master killed Missy, if she survived somehow, she's presumably, like, woken up on this ship thinking the Doctor left her, Mm. which, you know, even if you go for a redemptive arc, you'd be pretty mad, especially if you had, like, that history of being psychotic and killing people.
0: (laughs) But the Master and and the Doctor have such a woven history with each other. Mm. So, I don't know, is it established somewhere that they almost grew up together?
1: Yeah, they did. Is yeah, that said
0: someone. Yeah,
1: yeah, they were best friends, childhood friends, grew up, went to the academy, went down different paths eventually, and then um, it was also Canon that obviously Doctor Fanted the Master, um, <laughs> which we don't know which is probably the first Doctor I'd imagine, um, which is sweet. Mm. I like yeah. the fact that they have this like love hate relationship, and he does care. But obviously, you know, the last time the doctor met the master, from our point of view, that bad stuff went down. The doctor was under the impression that Missy abandoned him, when that wasn't the case, mm-hmm. as we later find out. Um, and also, you know, the master <laughs> did that horrible stuff to Bill.
0: Oh, yes. I've, I've got to go back and rewatch that season, I think. Um... But, yeah, Eve, it's just amazing to see the Doctor back. But, you know, there was these new aliens that were not 100% sure who they are. Mm-hmm. Their names weren't said. And they were I, almost able to get into the TARDIS. Yes. That's a big deal.
1: Yeah. Although we've seen it, yeah. I, I always laugh at those lines because a lot of New Who does this thing where it's like, the TARDIS is impenetrable, no one can get in. And then I just remember Attack of the Cybermen from, like, 86, where <laughs> it's just a bunch of, like, guys away in tinfoil standing around and like, excellent, we've got in the TARDIS. <laughs> it's like, okay, Doctor, calm down. People have got in the TARDIS yeah. before.
0: Yeah. It's, yeah, but definitely in New Who, it's a rarity. In Older Who, it happened a bit more, but it still is somewhat of a big deal. But definitely, you know, the doctor conveyed that, ooh, yes, this shouldn't be able to happen. Yeah. So it it heightened the stakes. Um, oh. Overall, it's just such a great episode. We got Stephen Fry as the head of MI6 mm-hmm. talking to Graham, like he was the Doctor.
1: Yes, which and is the great. Saying
0: no, I've had an upgrade.
1: <laughs> which is like one of those lines where I'm hoping it won't go down the same way you see stuff like this stupid stuff with Batwoman, where it's like, why? Because the man is bad. Is it bad to be a man? I was like, well, not really. Every Doctor's done that. Every Doctor thinks they're the best Doctor. That's what's funny about it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah like
1: the fourth and... Doctor, when he regenerates, he's like, ugh, the last guy before me. Like, big nose. It's like, they've always been like that. They're always cocky because they're the Doctor at the time.
0: Exactly. They, they always think they're the best version. Yeah. And, and yet she just happens to be a woman this time. Yeah. And, yes, I have had an argument with someone... I work with about, he's like, oh, the doctor's got to be a man. Why? It's a 2,000-year-old alien who can regenerate into different bodies. Why does it always have to be a male body? Like,
1: Yeah, he he said that he could wake up with two heads or no head. That's fine. As long as he's got a penis.
0: Yes. (laughs) You know, the most important part.
1: Of course, yeah. The intelligent part of the body, clearly. Mm. It's just so stupid, yeah. And she's great. JJ's so amazing. And in this episode, she has that energy and, like, spark. I feel like Series 11 was a good build-up. I don't think it was perfect, but I feel like it was a good build-up for this series, which I feel like she can really um, show off her skills.
0: Yeah, I I loved her last last series. How she just came in and was the doctor and got and I think at the time she delivered the word brilliant and she just had this enormous smile on her face and was like, yeah, that's the doctor.
1: Yeah, it's the things I love. Like in this episode where she's like playing cards and it, <laughs> she thinks she's playing snap. <laughs> <laughs> like that's that's, that's perfect. <laughs> Like this is this is a being who's been around who's has who has, has grandchildren who has stopped at armadas and they still can't work out how to play cards. That's what I love about Doctor Who,
0: and and she's got great friends this time around. I do like that they're calling um, them friends, not companions. Yeah, with Yaz, um, Graham, and Ryan, Ryan. Ryan. His name escaped me for a moment, but yeah, Graham. Graham is the best.
1: Of course, yeah.
0: Yeah, it was funny yesterday. I was talking to my mum, saying, "Oh, yeah, I watched the new episode of Doctor Who." And she's like, "Oh, was it good?" And I said, "Yes, yes." Mum said, "Oh, her favourite Doctor was David Tennant, and her favourite companion was Rose." Um, yeah. And and we always quote the the bit where they. They say, oh, there's always a little shop at the end. Yeah. yeah there's always a little shop. <laughs> um, but I was, I was saying to her how, oh, he, she's got three friends this time and one of them is an older guy called Graham who the internet just loves. Mum's like, really? And I said, yep. Got up a photo of Graham. She said, oh, yes, I see that. <laughs> I love him too. <laughs>
1: Do you get the chase over there? Yeah. Uh,
0: Yes, we've got our own version, and I think we do get the UK version as well. Yeah.
1: Okay, yeah. It's always, yeah, he's so good. Bradley Walsh is the national treasure, so when he was announced to be on the show, we all just got, like, really giddy, and he's just, he's just so good, like, because he's so funny, but he's so good at dramatic acting as well. Like, it's just the small beats. It's just like, oh, it can make you cry. it can make you laugh. It's a brilliant casting.
0: He... He broke my heart at various times last series
1: mm.
0: you know, when he wanted Ryan to call him grandpa. Um, but, he, yeah, he makes you laugh so hard. Like with uh, Spy fall just one line, worst Uber ever. Yeah. <laughs> just-
1: <laughs> or the the bit where he's like, "Well, we're not going to jump on the plane, are we? And it's like, yeah, we are. He's like, oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do this. I'm too old. I'm tired.
0: Oh, poor Graham. But um, one thing I did want to talk about was just in the preview for next week. Have you watched it? Yes. Yes. The uh, Morse code machine and the pattern that they're banging out.
1: Hmm. It seems very – uh yeah which is interesting because that messes up my idea of where the placement is as well
0: mm. because yeah that's that pattern yeah harkens back to the f- Sims, his first time round th- his drums that yeah. sort of master drum beat as it were
1: which in canon i believe it, it suggested that obviously once The master first heard that when he was eight. So when he went to the Untempered Schism, which is that big hole that the Time Lords have to scare kids for some reason. Um, And the message from the Time Lords gets through to him and it stays in his brain. So I think it's stated that it's basically been there since he was eight, through all the incarnations up to Sims. And then once he, in David Tennant's final episode, once he brings them back, that's when it goes so that's why I was in, I'm, I'm intrigued by the timeline. Like, is it a pre-Sim doc, uh, Master? Or is it post-Missy, um, who's reverted back mm-hmm. into this, like, insanity? Or, as the episode sort of hints at, could it be an alternate Master?
0: Oh. Yes, because he does say, everything you think you know, you don't.
1: Mm-hmm. Or
0: something yeah, oh, I got a bit obsessed with that Sims Master. I have to say, in the drum beats, I just love that idea of the, of the master's drum line, as it were, and mm-hmm. and the the fact that it's this or that it sounds very much the same as the drum beat or the sounds within the Doctor Who theme song itself. Yeah. it's just so smart, so smart.
1: John Sim is such a brilliant actor, and when they brought him back, it was such a joy to see him, not only, like, because he was amazing in his own right and brought a new style to the Master, but seeing him, like, with the classic beard and the classic outfit, um, it's just those small little, like, bits, like, you couldn't imagine a Doctor without the Sonic Screwdriver, um, which is so, like, it's, that's what, it just can, makes it feel a bit more special, the same way within this episode when... Um, the master has his uh, tissue compression eliminator from the classic series which is where he just shrinks yes. people <laughs> I, was just like, uh, I was like okay yeah bring that back that's cool I love it
0: oh yeah I'm just flashing back to all that now <laughs> <Yeah>. I um... <laughs> see I've rewatched a few years ago I think from the third doctor onwards mm. um, I haven't got the DVDs, it was just on sci-fi, so I was just watching it that way. But, yeah, the, the doctor did some mess – sorry, the master did some messed up stuff.
1: Yeah, he's not very oh, nice.
0: No. What amazed me was how dark Doctor Who could go and how serious some of these stories really were and yet ostentatiously it's a kid's television show.
1: Yeah, like I mentioned this on Twitter, like Doctor Who is at its best when it tells you it tells you something. So whether that's a history lesson, like I always love the historical episode, like Rosa, because it tells you at its core, it's telling you about this real life event. Which, you know, kids might not know about Rosa Parks. Um I remember growing oh, that
0: was a great episode.
1: Right? Yeah, it's just one of those things where you're like, yeah. you like it just teaches some... I remember growing up and learning about just you know, random things like madame de pompadour who i just expected to be like a made-up character but well, it wasn't um she's a real life um aristocrat from the 17th century um or 18th century i think um and it's just one of those like it's just those episodes are always great the sci-fi twists are always sci-fi has always been there to help shed a light on real life problems um and so it's just those call cool of... Like this episode in particular was really great at sort of being a bit of a tongue-in-cheek uh, prodding at tech companies like Facebook and Twitter and how a lot of these uh, Silicon Valley businesses have a lot of control, um, more so than yeah. governments nowadays. And how yeah they might seem nice on the outside, but secretly they might be the master. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely a link there with um, Daniel Barton and and the Master. We yet to see what it is. But um, it, in so many of these Doctor Who episodes, there's this new giant tech company. So I think the righteous are trying to say something. Um, but even – when I rewatched it last night, um, I noticed that Yaz's dad, he was trying to pay a bill or something using Alexa. Yeah. And and that wasn't working. So I was like, oh, I wonder if that's you know, foreshadowing something that's coming up with with these tech companies.
1: Yeah, that would be interesting. Like I like those like little nods because it, it's always kind of been there in like Doctor Who's DNA. Yeah. Um, like, I think it's International Electromagnetics, which was the company, I think that could be wrong, um, from the invasion in the Cyberman story from the 60s, where, yeah. you know, all this technology, oh, whoops, turns out it's the Cyberplanner, it's the Cyberman. Um, and they brought them back for the Parallel Earth story a few years ago with uh, Billy Piper and Tent. It's like, mm. oh, what a lovely company. They're helping bring out these really cool I- Apple iPod things. It's like, but also, they're like stealing homeless people and turning them into the machines. Um, yeah. <laughs> these companies are evil secretly. Um,
0: yeah, and even that—the televisions to watch the Queen's coronation—they mm, were possessing. There's,
1: yeah,
0: It seems to definitely be statements about technology, or at least large companies controlling technology.
1: Yeah, and the state of like just i like the idea of also like not don't trust anyone so they're using the spy theme not only to have like a fun james bond like episode but also to be aware of what we're doing with our information um because you might accidentally bring you know alien beings across the galaxy to kill us who knows
0: Mm. but yeah the the spy theme was was great so the music really lent into the James Bond theme mm. and we saw gadgets tuxedos and and even Lenny Henry leaning out of a, a moving car shooting a gun like what i know
1: and can i just say lenny henry was amazing in this episode like yes like he's such a great comedian as it as is and i know it's it's not uncommon for basically comedians I think like comedians are better at being, being actors than actors can can be at comedians. Like I think it's easier for comedians to go to the other way. And yeah. he
0: comedy's harder.
1: Yeah, which makes I think that's why it's easier for them to sort of delve into these characters. And he was so good, and he was generally threatening. And I also like the fact that the doctor just goes straight into it. There's no like preamble. She's just like, "Did you murder the chief of MI6?" I was like, okay, I'm getting into it. <laughs>
0: That's that's so the doctor as well, just cutting right to the chase and go, right, you did you do this? Yeah.
1: <laughs> I have got time to mess about. Did you kill them?
0: I love that they've let her, you know, use her accent mm-hmm. and not you know, do the what I've called the BBC, you know, British accent.
1: Oh uh, um, yes, yes. Yes. I to, yeah. One of the things I always found interesting, people brought it up recently, which was um, a lot of people said that David Tennant should have used his normal accent. And I really love the De- I really love the Temp Doctor, so I really like his voice. But I rewatched Tooth and Claw recently, which was his second ever or his second episode of a main series, so series two, episode two. And he does a Scottish accent for a decent amount of it, and it's just obviously it's his own accent, and. It would have worked. I don't know why they made him be British, but at the same time, it distinguishes them a little bit. You know, makes the seventh and twelfth doctors stand out a bit more. But yeah. I'm really glad that Jodie gets to keep her accent because it's such a big part of her personality. And a, like, it, it, I like the idea that she regenerated, landed in Sheffield in Yorkshire, and um, and gained that accent. It's part of her.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's. I, I think it, it just really helps with the delivery and, and everything. And mm-hmm. I always think back to Christopher Eccleston saying, well, if every planet has a north. Exactly. Yeah, like people saying with Captain Marvel, with, with Talos, Ben Mendelsohn going, oh, why has he got an Australian accent? Well, every planet has an Australia. Yeah. So, like what's wrong with that?
1: Because quite, quite frankly, it's much better. <laughs> like, like him being himself, it just sounds much better. Although I have to admit, his voice in Rogue One is pretty cool. Yes, and he does. So he, that's... to be fair, he does slip into Australian, which I think is part of the character, which I find really interesting. Definitely. Um,
0: yeah, it's it's definitely part of the character because you know he he's a bit older than I am, so. You know, it wasn't that long ago that newscasters had to have you know that perfect accent, and mm. the generation even before us, you, to be a personality on Australian television to be a newscaster, you had to have an English accent. You couldn't have the Australian accent. Um so you know, to make yourself sound posh, as it were in Australia, and still, you know is here. To some extent, you Mm -hmm. can't sound real Ocker, that real Australian, yeah, g'day mate, and here's it going. Yeah. You can't sound like that and be taken seriously. You have to sound you know, a little less quote unquote Australian. So I think he brought that into the character of Cranek of trying to hide his backwater roots, as it were. Exactly. So, sorry. no, that's of no, that's that's
1: exactly what I was about gone, to say.
0: We've um, gone to Rogue One talk.
1: Of course, I mean it's only natural, but it does link into what, yeah, with um, with Jody as well, like because mm. there's definitely a class classism thing about it. Um. Which yeah. I don't. I think when in America, when they watch Doctor Who, they're like, "That's a cute voice," but actually, for people like Australians and people in the UK, the Commonwealth, to be honest, there's yeah. definitely there's a, there's a classist attitude, and like for me, example, like I, I I'm from London, and then when I moved out when I was nine, I went to the country, and then because I don't know, like I I went to different school, like I. My voice sounded a bit more posher, I guess, which I hate. Yeah. I hate that. Like, I hate it. I don't like that. Um, I hate my voice. And it makes me laugh because I did, obviously, journalism for um for uni. And I remember I had to do, like, a one-on-one session. And we had to do news reading. And I was told that some of my voice was, like, my family make fun of my voice. They go, oh, you sound too posh. I got told by my uni I was too common. <laughs> 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 which made me laugh so much because it's, it's it's just... It's, it's stupid. Like, I can't say teas properly. Um, so obviously, you know, you have a drink of w- water, not water, yeah. um, which I always find funny. And um, I might be biased as well with JD because um, my granddad is from Yorkshire and I've got Yorkshire family. So it's really good to hear... <laughs> I talk like that on a, on a BBC. It's just more fun. Why? Oh,
0: yeah, like I think. Yeah, you're right. That definitely. <clears throat> excuse me the the accents, are something that we're beginning to pick up on more. Did all of old Who all the doctors had somewhat of the upper class sort of accent, didn't they?
1: Yeah. Although, yeah, yeah, I I suppose Patrick Charlton, yeah, he was a bit, obviously, Mm. he had the upper class sort of accent, but he was a bit of a hermit. He was a bit, uh, Mm. boy, you know, reckody, running around, being silly. Um, But pretty much, pretty much, yeah. Apart, I suppose it wasn't really until, you could argue, Sylvester McCoy, obviously, Scottish accent. Yeah. Which, you know. But even then he's still got that dramatic rasp
0: yes very now this is going to age me but I have to admit that he's my doctor Sylvester McCoy I love I love him as the doctor he was one of the ones I saw when I was young and impressionable <laughs> and re- re-watching the old series I was watching his I was like, He's got a really good performance. Mm. Occasionally, because it was at the end of Doctor Who's run, the scripts weren't 100%, but he delivered it and he gave it a little twist. He really gave the impression of Doctor as puppet master almost, which was a really interesting idea.
1: Yeah. I mean, technically you could argue he – it it depends on what you meet, Like sometimes people, my doctor is your first doctor you watch. Sometimes it's when you were born. Um, mm. not to make anyone feel old. Well, te- technically, you could argue that he was my doctor when I was born, because the yeah. TV movie features both Sylvester McCoy and Paul McGann. Um, mm. <laughs> I mean, he gets shot, regenerates, <laughs> <laughs> but he's still does it. Um, yeah. My doctor was. Which is funny because my doctor wasn't was Christopher Eccleston. Like, my first doctor watching was. There was two of them. It was, um. John Pertwee and Peter Davison. Because I remember, like, mm. just reading comic books, Marvel comic books, and then the back it was The Dalek. And I was like, oh, I love the design, but I don't know what it is. Very weird Doctor Who. I always remember Doctor Who, this British TV show. So I. On UK TV Gold one day, just watched it, and it was, um. I think it was Planet of the Spiders or Invasion of the Dinosaurs. And then it led into, I think it was Time Flight, which is like a really weird Peter Davidson episode. But I was like, this is so weird. I, I love it. Like, I want to watch more of it. And then um, late that year, that's when Doc 2 came back. And then I started watching it, like, properly. So that was, like, Christopher Eggleston. And then I got hooked. Went back, watched everything else that I could Dived in, became too much of a dork. And here we are now, talking about the master. And yes. It's it's just one of those, yeah. yeah. I really liked as well, yeah. um, we had these, uh, I don't know whether it was um, during Doctor Who or afterwards, but him and Sophie Aldred, who played Ace, did these BBC science documentaries. And when we was in secondary school, they just like put these on, to be like, okay, this is what gravity's about. And they'd be hearing, come on, Ace, we've got to, <laughs> to work this out. And she's like, all right, Prof, well, what's gravity? And I'm like, what is going on? Like, Why is the sub-doctor telling me about protons and electrons? I was like, uh-huh, fair enough. Um, have you had the, the audiobook stories?
0: No, I've um, listened to a couple of like, the um, Lost lost stories mm-hmm. of the first Doctor that they were able to salvage the audio of, but I haven't really delved into the audio books. Am I just so far behind now that it's impossible to catch up? No.
1: Or... I Like, Big Finish, like, kudos to – so Big Finish is a company run by Nicholas Briggs, who is the voice of the Daleks and the Cybermen. Mm. And so every, like, Dalek is basically him, which is, you know, adds so much extra oomph to it. But they've, they've been doing these stories for years for the actors and it's just so good. And then about six years ago, maybe a bit uh, later than that, they got the, uh, the rights to New Who. So they can use any of the characters from that and they can blend classic and New Who. Um, but there's so many really, 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 really well-written stories that have Sylvester McCoy, Colin Baker, Peter Davison, Tom Baker, especially Paul McGann on like a yeah. on like a yearly basis, and I really I really recommend listening to those because they're really good. I think you can get them on Audible. Um, mm. They're basically just episodes in your head, you, like the sound effects. There's uh, David Tennant's done some, which are like really good. I've got him and Catherine Tate, and you could barely tell oh, that Donna. You can barely tell that they've like not done it for a while. It's you put it on and it's just a Doctor Donna story, and it's so good. Um, yeah, I can't sort of pray enough. And there's really cool stuff like um, River Song has got her own series, and she she's met the classic Doctors. And hearing um, Sylvester McCoy meet River Song, and then both outwit each other, like him being the sort of darker, uh, clever Doctor, and her being you know sort of dark and clever um, companion.
0: Yeah, it's it's definitely something I. I should probably look into, you know, just adding more content for me to, you know, consume. Um, but growing up here in Australia in in the eighties, anyway, the five o'clock we had the afternoon show, and that's where we'd see Doctor Who, mm-hmm. and then at six o'clock the goodies, because that was a kids' show here in Australia. Yeah. <laughs> No.
1: <laughs> it's, a, it's a sort of fun lead in for Doctor Who to become first.
0: Yeah. Um, but that's where, you know, generations of Australians met the Doctor. And, and it's something that, you know, we don't have now that with TV being so splintered, it's something that. I think parents almost have to sit their kids down in front of them and go, right, watch this, mm. and you will enjoy it. Um, I was saying before that, yeah, my um, my friend who is a Doctor Who fan, so the last few years when they've had the um, Christmas special and they've released it cinematically, she and I have gone to the the movies to watch it. Oh, that's great together. She's yeah, she's over in Western Australia at the moment um, and so I get this message at about midnight my time um, going, oh, I've just watched it, I screamed. And her daughter was like, what is going on, Mum? And so she had to explain it all and um, and I think we've got a convert there, which excellent. Always good. Um, yeah, So we saw a lot of the doctor. Did we get, I'm just trying to think, with the friends, like with Yaz and Ryan and Graham. we got a little bit into what's going on in their lives outside of the doctor, that they're having to tell all these lies to the people around them mm. and fake up these sicknesses or secondments. Is, is that going to come back? You think that they're going to get sick of the lies and go, look, can we just live our lives, Doctor? Or what do you think is going to happen?
1: I think it's going to be less of can we live our lives and more of accidentally falling into the people they care about. Like the situation will just fall into them and then they'll all find out probably at the same time, some invasion or such, which makes good grunt, make, uh, makes good drama, which is always good. Uh, I have to say with the friend stuff, like my biggest complaint about last year was – so Yaz didn't really have a character. Um, yeah. Ryan was a really great character in that he has, you know, like his learning disability, his anxiety, and this like relationship with his um, grandfather and his father. And his his arc culminated really really well in the um, the series finale and also the Christmas uh, New Year special. Um, yeah. And the same with Graham, like he had to deal with the loss of his wife. And, like, looking after Ryan and such. Whereas Yaz was just a generic, like, she knew the police code because she's a police officer. And that was it. Her character was like, everyone be calm. Make, get an orderly line. And that was like... But there's episodes where we saw, like, her family, like, those were the highlights because we actually learned something about her. And then in just this episode alone, like, we saw her um, worrying about death and her own mortality and, like, you know... Being scared and i feel like that's it's important to have a bit more of that character out there which is always good
0: yeah that's the thing about having you know many companions many friends that sometimes one gets underserved and this time it's been yaz yeah so do you think they'll continue having four companions or are we going to lose one
1: I feel like they can. Like I never really got the complaint about like having three of them around because I like. I mean, Doctor Who started with three companions. Mm. Like it was the Doctor, Ian, Barbara, and Susan. That's how. Like that's how it was. So I don't think it's. I don't think it's an issue as long as they utilize the characters as well. Because two, two out of three wasn't bad, but Yaz. We just did not want her to be the generic like speaks the dialogue like a robot sort of thing. And that wasn't the actress's fault. She did a really great job last year. Um, It was the writing. Um, And I think that rather than just being like, well you're wrong, they've taken that on board. I think we saw a little bit I think we saw a lot of that last year in the New Year special. Um, And it's obviously in this this year as well, like it, it's, it's very clear that they've kicked it up a notch. It's a lot of really witty dialogue, a lot of funny dialogue, a lot of emotional dialogue, um yeah and a clever. And I have to say, like the secrecy around the the series. I remember in the lead up to the series and being like, I knew the Cybermen back because there was like photos of Cybermen <laughs> being filmed. And it's like okay, well, the Cybermen back. Um, and other aliens that I don't think I've been, you know, like promoted, and I won't go into that. But it was like, okay, well, I'm not really going to be surprised, so it's not really a big deal. And then this episode drops, and I'm like, well, there you go. Like that that did not reach my head at all. One moment I was like, there's no way they're going to bring that character back. So it wasn't even in my head. There's no point even in discussing it because the master wasn't going to show up in this episode. And guess what? He did.
0: Yeah, I definitely wouldn't have expected it in an opener in a first episode mm. to have yet yeah, the master. I mean, obviously I'm not on you know the Doctor Who Twitter, so or other things, so I don't really see spoilers. Yeah. But even in advertisements sometimes they give things away. I think I've I'd seen, you know, a few of the aliens. Um yeah, this was a total out-of-the-blue WTF are-you-kidding-me moment. Yeah. I I was up off my feet just screaming, the fucking master.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, it's back. <laughs> I mean, it's Yeah, it's such a good – the master's always great. At, when they do the master reveals really well, it's always a good – like the Yana one or the Missy one, um, yeah. they're always so well done, and I'm, which I'm just really like grateful that they they treat that character really well. Because yeah. um, it's it's stuff like yeah, like but, with with the Daleks, like the likelihood that the Daleks will turn up is very likely. Not yeah. not because of a story reason, because um, I think it's um,
0: they're Daleks and they're cool.
1: Well, no yeah, not even that though. I think um, I think it's legally because um, the BBC don't own the rights to the Daleks.
0: Oh yeah, that's right. So it's, was it Terran Sticks? Uh, no,
1: Terry Nation. Um, Terranation. Yeah, Terry Nation, yeah. who created the Daleks, owns the rights to them. So they have to legally use them every year, I think. Otherwise, they <laughs> lose the rights. <laughs> Which my favourite one of that was, um, I think, series six, where there's like a dead Dalek that the Doctor steals something from. And that was it. And it's like, well, we used it, so we're gonna keep it <laughs> Um <laughs> Although Terence Dix, there was a, a lovely, um, there was a lovely sort of tribute to him in this episode because obviously he passed away between yeah. Resolution and um, and uh, Spyfall Part One. And there was a nice little nod to him. And I think I uh, used the word "master" in that. And I was like, that's really, that's really sweet because he, um, yeah. not only was he just a great Doctor Who writer, but he continued it after the. During the uh, like, what Star Wars fans would call the dark times, that little break between I think it's eighty nine to ninety six.
0: Yeah, that was the telly movie ninety six. Yeah, and then the Virgin novels. Yeah. Yeah. So, what do we think these? glowing aliens are are they something we've encountered before or are they something new do you think
1: i was definitely like i thought they were Cybermen, but then the closer they got they clearly weren't and then someone brought up the fact that they could be the vord which are these um aliens from like way back when the first doctor the, the keys the morbius um which, like sort of makes sense with the whole spy stuff and like the like, the military sort of aspect but also um, the head shape looks basically the same which is interesting and I think what else is interesting is that they if like if Chris Chipnall was trying to like start afresh last year and be like well this is all new or brand new we don't need to go back to like classic stuff if that was him introducing concepts just to go crazy this year, I feel like that might be the case because there are some things in this episode where I was like, "Are they just going to just dive into like weird canon stuff from like the classic like Virgin novel books and stuff?" Like, there's the whole concept of looming, which is this like weird Time Lord thing where like you're grown and like come from like traditional families, which the forest thing that the Doctor was in looks a bit like DNA strands. Yeah. I was like, are they going to bring looming into this? Because I don't know how to feel about it. Um, But the thing I really liked as well was the. um, If they are Vord, there was a classic Doctor Who comic, I think it was written by Grant Morrison, who's written for DC and stuff. And um, he suggested that the Vord turned into Cybermen. And I think that. um, I think it was Series 10 where they sort of hinted at that as well, where it's like the Cybermen didn't just originate from Mondas, they originated from different civilizations and then coalesced into one so it's like the humans did it on mondas um the humans did it on parallel earth on lumix world um or pete's world as i think fans call it Uh, (laughs) the rose's dad's world pete's world um uh, obviously the ford eventually turned into side men of their own accord and then they all came together and coalesced and became one Sort of like the Borg. But um Yeah, I like the idea that if you're gonna bring like a villain back, there's so many really cool designs from like Classic Coup, which obviously people... it's small things like I remember when they brought back the Macra <laughs> for David Tennant. And it was like, Oh, the macro are back. And I was like, Oh I wasn't expecting that. Like it wasn't in the title, it wasn't like the macro are back. It was just gridlock. It was just the fact of cat yeah. people on the tube. Like um <laughs> it's just like the small things it's like it doesn't have to like be in it it doesn't make a massive effect but it's just nice to sometimes reuse classic aliens and creatures and designs and all that
0: stuff yeah and to deep dive it back to the first doctor is is really great because then excuse me it'll mean that people might go back and read up about this alien, and then go. Oh, I might visit the first Doctor's stories and mm. and experience Old Who. And oh, I just, I just think Doctor Who's just such a great show. Like, yes, go back to the sixties and watch them, and ignore some of the gender politics that um, the Doctor says. <laughs> the Doctor gets a bit more PC as time goes on. Um,
1: I feel like he was as bad as Stephen Moffat redesigned him to be like the only one thing mm-hmm. i didn't like about that christmas special was that the first doctor kept being really sexist and that <laughs> out of the blue <laughs> like you you never used to be like that <laughs> why what's wrong with you but i i, I took it down to him dying <laughs> he, he was dying he's an old man
0: yeah he was grumpy. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. but there's um there's a youtuber that i've been watching for the last few years um who does reaction videos um it's an American YouTuber, and she watched Doctor Who from Series 1 to Series 11. And mm. obviously, like, throughout the time, she'd probably like, be learning, like, some some, some sub, sort of old stuff and, like, watched Time Crash and all that stuff. Um, and recently, she's gone back to the beginning and watched yeah. the first Doctor. And she's a very emotional, like, reaction. I, I, I like watching reaction videos. I don't know why. Maybe I'm weird, but... Um, <laughs> I like seeing people like review stuff for the first time and like it makes me feel the same way I felt the first time I watched it. And like when you see yeah. people like really cry like deeply over stuff like losing Donna and then they're going back to these episodes from the sixties and crying over losing Susan. It's like, wow, this show really doesn't change. Like it, it still has that emotional dramatic like you can fall in love with these characters all these years on, which I just love.
0: Yeah. So with um, the fifth doctor, when we lose, was it Aldrich, Yeah, which yeah, now, which I laugh, at, Adric, I laugh about because yeah. I'm evil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the character's annoying, but yeah. his death is incredibly poignant, and they really play it seriously and... And the Doctor's gutted by it. And this is a kids' TV show. Mm. Um, but, yeah, Donna and oh, Rose, like, every now and again, I think you post on Twitter <laughs> you know, uh, something about, you know, when the Rose and the Doctor get separated and I'm like, damn you, Charlie, I'm crying.
1: Yeah, I'm, like, I'm not even joking. I'm crying again. It's like... It's like it's been fourteen years since Rose left. Fourteen years, yeah. and I could watch that episode now and still weep. Um, I remember being devastated. Um, yeah, because like, Rose, was, Rose is like, I loved seeing Rose. I, re- I saw her myself in her, like you know, sort of working class, sort of, um, you no. Know, being, coming from nothing and then saving the universe and doing what was right being kind all that stuff i always love but yeah like earthshock earthshock is a really crazy episode because nobody knew the cybermen are in it like it was the first time they had appeared since like tom baker so when they appeared to that cliffhanger people like whoa what the hell and then yeah the adric stuff is pretty deep considering you know i think what was his last line um now I never know if I was right. <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> but to be fair though, he did wipe out the dinosaur. So should really be feeling bad for him. I don't know.
0: <laughs> oh, bless his
1: heart. He's still doing audiobooks though now with um the crew. So it's all good.
0: Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah. For me, Donna's being about my favorite companion in the new era. I think I see myself in Donna because she wants to go on the adventures but she's scared mm. and she's and they are not afraid to portray her as being afraid and you know she doesn't have to be this hugely aggressive character she's just tries to be as brave as she can and but she's also the doctor's conscience at times yeah when she um Gets him to save one family out of Pompeii. Funnily enough, is Peter Capaldi, but that's timey-wimey stuff, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's doubly timey-wimey because he, according to Rusty Davis, his. I don't know if you, you ever watched Torchwood. Yes. So in Children of Earth, he yes. plays a character called Mr. Frobisher, who is um, mm. like this politician who is played by Peter Capaldi who, according to Rusty Davis, ascribes to a fan theory and says, no, that's right. That's exactly what I wanted it to be. Which is that apparently Frobisher's family, Frobisher himself, is related to Cecilius, the Roman. Oh. And that him shooting himself and the family was the universe's way of correcting Pompeii. And, which oh. is awful. It's an awful thing to think. I was like, oh, Rusty that- Davis...
0: That um that short run, was it four or five episodes mm. of Torchwood was brilliant but I don't know if I can ever watch it again because it was just so I was devastated
1: yeah, by I, it all. I watched um I watched it again recently and like the Yanto stuff, like I love Yanto. I've been to the Yanto um memorial, said a few words um <laughs> um that's that's sad as it is but it's the grandson the grandson thing i had to turn it like i had to fast oh. forward i couldn't watch it i was like i can't do this it's it's truly horrible but not as horrible as the um americanized season four <laughs> which is just shit
0: <laughs> yeah that's bad
1: oh uh, um... you american yeah, you had to just get involved leave it alone
0: yeah yeah because even the americanized telemovie was uh, has problems yeah come to australia come to australia doctor we love you with kylie yes you did have kylie but for the bit set in the quote-unquote outback was filmed in south africa
1: yeah yeah that that's just them being cheap
0: (laughs) which is another doctor who classic
1: exactly yeah it was that old cardiff (laughs) which looked more (laughs) like australia
0: (laughs) yeah i i want to go to the uk again sometime um and yeah i definitely have to squeezing a cardiff visit it's really his last time
1: it's really crazy like obviously it's just the city but also it's everywhere in doctor who like i remember getting off the coach and there's this um college and it's the college that doctor taught at in series 10 with bill
0: oh
1: and it's just one of those like silly things i was like like i was like oh my god that's where bill was that's where the master was um (laughs) i'm also going crazy because um sasha darwin who plays the master just liked my comment on instagram so as we're recording <gasps> oh
0: my god um
1: oh yeah it's so cool. if you i really recommend he, he put this really he put this really long post on instagram where he talks about how he dealt with anxiety um like he's like really struggled with it and he he wasn't sure about getting into the hooniverse and that actually when he said yes and Jodie Whittaker and stuff like that. People that really were really nice to him and made him feel confident in his acting skills again. Um, I really do, I recommend checking it out. Anyone who's got anxiety and stuff, like I do, I, I feel like I've got really bad anxiety. So reading that made me feel a bit more, I don't know, confident. I like that because he's so good. He's so such a great actor and the fact that he felt that way about his own self, I think it's a nice little reminder. Not nice reminder, but like a reminder that we all feel this way. In.
0: Yeah, I was I was watching it. When I was watching it again, I was l- trying to see clues for the master and there was only a couple little bits like where he, the smile he gave when the doctor arrived that mm. you could read maybe something into or when he stepped into the doctor's TARDIS and his reaction there where you go, ooh, that could be seen but he no he definitely played it as two characters which I appreciate I really appreciate that when someone gets given this sort of dual role that they do play it as two separate characters yeah so you know there were no hints no hints
1: yeah you got to have to see the turn in the face mm. one of my favorite ones is um Brendan Gleason playing by Crouch jr when yes. they work out that like, he's not Mad-Eyed Moody and the face just, just turns, the attitude is like,
0: mm.
1: oh, so good. Like that, I love that acting. Like The just the turn is just, it just proves how good an actor and then is. He
0: turns into David Tennant.
1: Yeah, yeah, which is where it's a good, <laughs> I wish we could all do that. I wish I could do that. Oh,
0: let me just, mm. yes, Okay. Sorry, I was just seeing a world where people could turn into David Tennant.
1: It <laughs> like the episode, like episode of.
0: magical world.
1: Like the episode of Doctor Who the Master, where everyone turns into John Sim, but of David Tennant. <laughs> do you follow um, George Tennant on Instagram? No. I, you should do. I it's so. it's so funny. Like, because obviously, like, she just posted, like, there's this one photo she posted which made me laugh so much, which is the, like a menial, like, your typical husband and your and your dad like trying to work out how to fix a light but in this case the husband yeah. and the dad is dr who and dr who trying to fix a light bulb
0: like the the fact that they're a couple cracks me up because you explain it to people it's like right here was the doctor she played quote unquote the doctor's daughter uh-huh. in real life she's the doc she's the daughter of a doctor uh-huh. and He's, you know, David Tennant's favourite doctor, and the two of them marry. And Anik's like, okay, this is a timey-wimey type of arrangement as it is. I love it. I love it.
1: And I think I, think, um, I remember reading her friend growing up was the daughter of Colin Baker. <laughs>
0: <laughs> of course it was.
1: You know, like, just, yeah, typical. Of course yeah. that, of course that was gonna happen. <laughs> yeah.
0: Now we'll probably come to the end, but any quick speculation based on the little bit of preview we saw?
1: Not really. Um, I, I my one okay. My biggest speculation is that Stephen Fry will be in next week's uh, on Sunday's episode. Ooh. because I think they've definitely set up multiple worlds. Because the, the the screen that shows Planet Earth and then it says multiple Planet Earths, so yes, and because people are saying how can there be multiple Earths? The time, like if you can get to go see Rose, it's like well, the whole point about that was that the Time Lords were the only ones who could control that, and now we know that they didn't die, so you know, I'm sure that you can travel through different worlds. So my theory is that. One of the people working for the like with the Vord and stuff is like if they're parallel, if it's parallel Earths, I reckon we might see like a parallel Stephen Fry. One of the aliens mm-hmm. sounded like Stephen Fry, in my opinion. <laughs> so I okay. may, maybe I'm wrong. I just feel like it, if that's mm-hmm. just the role he had, fair enough. But it seems like a big person to sort of get in to just kill him off that quickly.
0: Yeah, yeah and they looked like they've gone sort of not current time anyway sort of back in time oh, yes who who knows this is what i love about doctor who it can go anywhere and do anything
1: yeah exactly it's, there's no like, canonism is a is a pointless concept because you know one of my favorite things about like i I always laugh when Star Wars fans complain about canon, because I remember like looking up a bit of information about the Master, and they included the Mister Men books as part of the canon. <laughs> 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 this the Mister <laughs> the Master Missy and the Doctor <laughs> had this adventure. I was like Mister Men, and it's like there's literally just bits where it's like this could have happened, but this thing says this happened. I was like, oh, yeah, fair enough. Pretty (laughs) sure, like, the Doctor destroyed – I think pretty sure the Doctor caused the Great Food London, like, eight or five five times in different ways. Yeah.
0: So, um, for those – I just realised I didn't do a very good job introducing you, Charlie. I'm I'm a bad host. No
1: way. Everyone knows who I am. If they don't I'll be i well, will, I will cry. No, no, I'm just kidding. No, you did a great job. Um I always introduce I always just do this at the end anyway. Yeah. Easy just to do you that. Know.
0: So where can people find you?
1: So you can find me on Twitter at C M W A S H P Y where I talk about Star Wars, Doctor Who, um sometimes uh British food and why Americans should keep out of it. <laughs> um (laughs) um not always aggressively but sometimes uh you can also find me on the imperial senate podcast which is a star wars podcast that i created and host um that's on soundcloud itunes spotify all that jazz we've got a Patreon, you can visit us on that and that's basically it yeah
0: it's a great podcast and yeah that's where i i listen to you and um I've just downloaded your latest episode to listen to some Mandalorian thoughts. Oh, thank you. So, mm, um, I'm so I'm back on on podcast. So, on Twitter at that geek pod. Um, my personal Twitter is at Catherine underscore Neen. I'm I'm hanging on to the underscore now. <laughs> I'm, I'm not letting it go.
1: <laughs> it's a it's a nice so, thing to have.
0: It's, I sort of figure it's better than something obscure. When I first went onto Twitter, I had something that no one knew what it meant apart from me. So I was like, "Well, that's a bit silly." So yeah, I branded with my name, but yeah, didn't get didn't get the no underscore. Oh well.
1: Well, underscore adds a bit of flair. Everyone loves a bit of flair.
0: Yes, I'll um. Okay. I'll take that. I'll take that. (laughs) So thank you so much, Charlie. Um, And yes, I hope to be back far more regularly in 2020 and looking forward to the year of Geek Ahead. So until next time, that Geek Pod will return.